your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Wednesday, almost a Thursday. Probably won't talk about cats today. We'll see. Maybe stop signs? Can we talk about stop signs at some point? Uh, coming up on the show, Eric Weinberg, history professor at Viterbo University. We're going to talk about what's happening at Viterbo on Monday. It's kind of a big deal. It's always a big deal, and I, I don't. Eric didn't know either, and I, I wish I, I thought he would know. But uh, Viterbo hosts this Martin Luther King Jr. celebration every year, and it seems like it's been going on for probably. You know what? Brad's going to be listening. He's going to run in here and know exactly the date that Viterbo started. Uh, hosting this community celebration of Martin Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. But we're going to talk to Eric about what uh, what Turbo is hosting and what they're doing and who's coming on to talk and, and just, you know, maybe a little bit about Martin Luther King Jr. in general. Since he's a history professor, I thought maybe I'd bug him about that as well. Um, other stuff. So the, the, what I haven't gotten into because we're doing Cat Talk PM the last couple of days is uh, – uh, Brad had this story the other day, too, and I want to get into this at some point, maybe in the show. Um, just the idea that we're going to throw a bunch of four-way stop signs in the downtown lacrosse area. Uh, and you'll hear at the bottom half of the hour Scott's comment. I don't, I didn't, I don't know, but he's, you know, the headline of Scott's comment today is uh, straight lines are hard to find on lacrosse roads. And it just, you know, if you've driven down 2nd Street, I think uh, you'll you'll see they put some hills in set on Second Street. A little, they're kind of like speed bumps, but they're not. And that this is something we've talked to uh, the bicycle people about is the idea that they're going to put what do they call it? like a bike track, something like that. They're going to put this two lane road, two lane bike lanes on one side of the road there. So there's essentially going to be a bicycle little mini highway adjacent to the regular roadway. Uh, and that's kind of why I think the second street in front of Lacrosse Center is so messed up with the squiggly, not squiggly lines, but just the lines aren't straight. You get to one spot and then you're like, oh, I got to move over three feet uh, because the center of the road is moved. And anyway, you'll hear that with Scott's comment. Uh, and then we could get into that. Stop signs. Um, kind of excited. There's a lot of this stuff happens during the week in, in Madison that just it like makes me uh, just a very anticipatory of having Dr. Anthony Tregoski. You know, I always want to get him. I'm like, man, maybe we should, maybe we should go today <laughs> and talk about some of this stuff that's happening with Robin Voss, the assembly speaker and Michael Gableman and the uh, election investigation. It's 2022 now. So it's always, it's a little funny to to talk about like, Hey, we're we're looking into this election investig. We're we're looking into this election from two years ago. Uh, now that we've hit 2020, um, other things that happened too in Madison is you know in the past week, the uh, and this is what I'm going to be talking about tomorrow with the state's education president Peggy Wirtz Olson. Um, is so so, and I don't. I don't think this is the worst idea, but the funding or, or using, I guess, you know, it's going to be taxpayer money, right? Like to recruit police officers and just like $5,000 sign-on bonuses and longevity bonuses if you stay at a department for a year or however 
Um, so I'm going to, I'm what I think, I, I don't hate that idea, but we have shortages elsewhere. We have shortages with teachers. Should we, you know, if we're going to propose that legislation with police officers, are our children not just as important? Where's, where's that legislation? I'm, this is something Jennifer Schilling, the assembly rep here, and I got into right at the end of our conversation uh, last week. And it was like, Jennifer was ready. I should have started the show with it because she was ready to go off on it. And then I was like, Jen, we're up. Time's up. Um, is it Jennifer? Sch- Jill Billings. I said Jennifer Schilling, didn't I? Jill Billings? Yeah, my bad. Now I'm getting them messed up. Yeah, Billings. <laughs> State rep. State Assembly rep Jill Billings. Jennifer Schilling's gone. Um, but she she was getting into that. And then I was like, time's up. But it's something we will talk about with Peggy Wirtz Olson with the Wisconsin Education Association Council tomorrow. Uh, she's the president there. Just, you know, teacher shortages in general because we've seen that Logan Middle School is closed today and tomorrow because of staff shortages. We can just only we can only assume that's COVID related, right? Uh, maybe it's maybe it has something else to do with anything, but I'm pretty pretty certain. And then we've seen La Crescent Hoka Middle uh, La Crescent Hoka's entire school system has been shut down to in-person learning all this week uh, because of staff shortages. So it used to be we shut down because of the virus. And therefore, you know, if kids are at home, it's they're going to be a little bit less prone to spreading the virus. And, you know, if, if we're pretending that kids are just going to be all okay from the virus, but, you know, they're going to come spread it. And teachers and other faculty at schools, you know, not, is not going to be as okay as, you know, children then, you know, that was the idea. We'll do remote learning till we get this thing figured out. Well, now it's worse, worse than ever, but we're not shutting down schools to remote learning because of the virus. We're shutting down schools to remote learning because of the virus, because it's affecting the ability for staff to be not sick. So it is because of the virus, but it's not. It's kind of a weird conundrum there. Um but not, not so much out of safety anymore as out of necessity. That's, that's a better way of putting it, I think. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. All right, I'm going to get Eric Weinberg on here, history professor at Viterbo. Talk about the Viterbo celebration. It's not Viterbo celebration. It's a community celebration hosted by Viterbo. So everybody's in, invited to, to come on Monday. Kicks off, I believe it, I, the keynote speaker kicks off at 7 p.m. But the whole shindig might be... I believe it might just start at 7 p.m. at the Viterbo Fine. Yeah, 7 p.m. at the Viterbo Fine Arts Center, the main theater there. Anyway, uh, Brad's got to do the news first, and then we'll come back and talk about that. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608 785 7914 is the text line. For now, you could you could call me and then just wait on hold like some people. And I'll get to you at the bottom half of the hour. You can just wait because I've got Eric Weinberg on with me on the phone with me now. Eric, thanks. Uh, Eric's a history professor. He's he's kind of the computer nerd at Viterbo as well. So Eric, if I have like a computer problem at home, selfishly, I should just text you and be like, "Hey, Eric, my uh, computer doesn't work." <laughs> well, you know, everyone who knows computers, that's their role in life. You know, I think that's the world we live in. So uh, go ahead. Is that part of your job at Viterbo, though, too, a little bit? Or do you just get roped into that because people know you're in the web development? You're in the, you're kind of in the computer science world there at Viterbo, too. 
Yeah, I mean, we're starting up a computer science program next year, so, you know, um, I, I'm involved in that as well as other areas of software development, and so, um, yeah, we tend to get thrown into the, the those computer stuff, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm more in the latter. Um, somebody this, knows I know things, and I help out when I can. Is this breaking news? Did we just break news that Viterbo is having a computer science uh, major next year? Uh, I don't think it's broken. We've been marketing, but it is new. I mean, it, um, um, we've been uh, planning it for quite a while, and uh, we are excited about it. And, yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, people are interested. Yeah, contact us. Um, but, yeah, it is it is a new program um, what about- that uh, um, we're excited about putting in our portfolio and offering people some really cool projects um, that we're working on uh, developing as part of the program. So, I know WTC yeah. Western Tech has this. I think UWL is developing this. What about Viterbo in terms of – I'm not going to get this right because I can't think of the th- – you'll, you'll know it. But online gaming like as, as a sport, right? Like online um, – what is it called? It's called something. But just the, the idea that we're going to play video games as a – I don't know if it's going to be a major, but it could be a team sport. Does Viterbo have a team sport for online gaming yet? Yeah, that's coming as well. That's part of the, the um, package. They're, they're developing well, a whole stadium that we're developing um, here. It's a tiered stadium um, along with uh, having a coach and, um, um, and obviously computers and systems set up to have a team here um, at Viterbo as well. So we we'll both have a computer science program and an extracurricular um, uh, program that allow people who are interested in doing that. Uh, this is, you know, before my times, this didn't exist, but but it's um, it's really growing, and Viterbo is excited to have that as as well um, for people who are involved in and much better at that sort of thing than I am. It's so funny because like I've I've grown up with you know I've had them all. I'm spoiled as a kid. Atari, Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation. It's just like I've evolved with all these things. But I'm of that age now, where my my most of my life has been enveloped in video games. And we'll get to the Martin Luther King thing in a minute. Uh, maybe we'll just keep going, Eric, if you have time, but. The uh, yeah. so now that we're like at this age, like we're we're adults and we're into this. The, well, the video game thing is has become big business, so it's kind of interesting to see. Uh, now, when you say Viterbo's building a stadium, is that going to happen in the metaverse? Is that where that stadium will be built? <laughs> no, um, it's actually a tiered classroom in one of our buildings that's being reconverted. Um, um, to serve that purpose, it's a pretty nice large area that it'll be pretty cool to see when it's done so you know, it's an actual room that'll be um you know a uh, room that the, the the team can uh uh you know do their team thing and and compete and 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 so forth and so all the networking is set up to sort of allow that sort of um quick um what is called low latency um connections so that you know people who know this kind of thing or gaming um can have the kind of uh setup that they need for that uh I wonder um, I wonder what the online gaming locker room looks like cuz I've been in my fair share of regular locker rooms and the football and the hockey hockey's the smelliest one but like an online gaming locker room will just have like Dorito bags and Mountain Dew cans thrown all over right <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, you know, I mean, like you, I grew up on. There was a there was a few games out there, and people played them. But uh, you know, these kids growing up in this world are, you know, the sort of sophistication that they and practice they put into these things. I've read the articles, but it is quite intense. It's it's some ways it dates me as well. It's a sort of new world uh, as far as that is. So, but you're yeah, I think uh, Doritos and Mountain Dew sound uh, at least stereotypically about right. But you know, energy. Energy can energy drink cans everywhere. Um, yeah. 
And then, uh, yeah, it's just it's interesting. I, I think it's it's cool and and a little weird. I think a lot of adults, I think that didn't grow up with video games, are are like, what? This is you know, this is a thing. Like, I can get a scholarship because there's people out there that make money. They're just they 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 stream their 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 gaming their their game, whether it's Fortnite or whatever. I don't even know like the the more popular ones, but um, right on YouTube or right on what's called Twitch, I think, and then people send them money <laughs> and then these these uh hosting sites also pay them to put their because they're getting millions of views it's crazy yeah i it, seeing some of the, the the money that is made by these kids that are doing it the amount of hours that they put into doing it as well is is enlightening you know to show that uh yeah it, it takes it takes commitment but you know um just like any other sport maybe not the same type of commitment you know i grew up with you like you it was a more used to seeing a different kind of extracurriculars, but, uh, you know, this is definitely the way, um, um, a lot of kids are, are growing up as far as extracurriculars. So it's, it's, um, it's such a dangerous and, and funny, uh, aspect to you'd be like, sorry, honey, I gotta, I gotta practice. I gotta play. You know, as an adult, I'm a 40 year old man. I can't, uh, I can't watch the kids. I'm, I'm actually practicing right now, uh, for my job, uh, playing Fortnite online. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's in a section for computer science. There's people that test games and, you know, obviously program games and, um, right, and, and work with the code. And so there's a whole industry around it and lots of companies. And, you know, and I think it even rivals, you know, Hollywood industry as far as the amount of uh, of interest it gets as far as, um, you know, people and money and, you know, all those sorts of things that define interest as we do. So, yeah, it makes yeah it's it, a it, whole, it's, yeah, it's become quite the, uh, the monstrosity or what is there's a better yeah. word for that? Well, it but, makes perfect uh, sense that Viterbo would, would get into multiple facets of the computer world. I mean, you might even say you might be behind in that a little bit as, as, as in terms of, uh, you know, and UWL is, is going there that way too. And I think Western Tech's already got it. That Western Tech might be beating you guys. Yeah, Western does have already have a team set up. I don't, yeah, think UWL does, but yeah, there are other places, and and obviously we need that to be able to compete. Um, and so um, there'll be plenty of um, areas that um, will afford uh, uh, some good competition for the people that are involved in you know either the computer uh, gaming or or likewise. I really, I really got to bring somebody on to talk about because you mentioned coach, and I never thought about it. Uh, I played I played the sport lacrosse in college. We we kind of had a coach, but we just kind of figured it out. But to have an online gaming or a gaming video gaming coach, like would would he would he be would they be like I'm the Madden coach and I'm the Fortnite coach and I'm the, like it's just such a funny concept. We're gonna have somebody rally the. The, the online gamers, I don't know. I haven't even thought about it, so I we can get into that. I maybe will. I might get into that later in the show. Um, but uh, all right. So on on Monday, obviously, it's Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and the lacrosse community celebrates this thing. I don't think uh, your guy at at Viterbo got back to me, so I don't actually know how long Viterbo has been hosting this, but it's been a long time uh, that that Viterbo has hosted a celebration. And it's it's really a big deal, right? Every year, this is a big deal for for Viterbo and for the community. They, they Viterbo does a really good job putting this together. Yeah, and and I would also emphasize that it, it is a community celebration. It is hosted by Viterbo, but the uh, the committee that puts this together has representation um, from all over the community, um, higher ed, um, school district, um, local organizations, all come together. Um, 
to put this together, um, and at Viterbo, the Ethics Institute um, as well um, plays a big role in helping us uh, pull this off every year. Um, and so um, a lot of hands sort of in the bucket making this community celebration happen um, um, here at Viterbo. Yeah. And the keynote speaker is, is really interesting and I, I think probably deeper than I could even pretend to understand what she is going to speak about. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. Dr. Sylvia Hood-Washington and, and I want to say environmental justice or environmental, I guess, uh, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to latch onto that word because she's written a book. Uh, it's, the book has a is quite the title. Is that the whole title, that whole thing? Author of Packing Them In, an Archaeology of Environmental Racism in Chicago. And then it goes on and on. Um, but can you kind of explain what Dr. Sylvia Hood Washington might might focus on and with this with this uh, her speaking engagement uh, on Monday night? Yeah, so, you know, as you can see, she has a very diverse background with lots of interests. Um, um, But as you point out, that book um, that that kind of uh, um, broke some ground in there, it really focuses on the relationship between where people live and how that infects their environment and health. Um, And so her looking at Chicago um, um, looks at the ways in which, you know, if an individual lives in a a particular place, how um, race and class and and those sorts of uh, distinctions affect um, how their um, how how their how their health is going to be and how in many cases people of color um, were put in places near meatpacking industries and near uh, polluted areas and how this um, that's what the reference to packing them in how they were put into sort of segregated areas that um, affected not only what were traditionally talked about, job options, um, the ability to own homes, and these sort of things that we know um, were, by certain redlining laws, had excluded African Americans from different parts of the American experience, but it also created an environmental um, um, catastrophe for um, um, people who were packed into these areas um, that where pollution and environmental problems um, arrived. And yeah, so, you'll, you'll see this every once in a while, right? Like, I'll, I'll see a story about how, you know, back in the day when we built a highway, we built a highway right through Chicago, right? But on one side of the highway, you know, butted up against the, the industrial area, but that's also where people of color lived. And then on the other side of the highway, all the thriving, you know, everything you would want in a community ended up being on. And the highway split, so there was no way to get from one side to the other. It was almost like a dividing line. You people stay over there. It was kind of awful. Yes, and so like the, the, the racial segregation um, going back into the 1930s um, was very explicit in American history, um, such so that redlining was part of uh, uh, part of pretty much standard housing up until the ni- late 1960s, and new legislation made this illegal. Um, and so black people essentially were not allowed to live in certain places because they were what is called redlined, and this was endorsed by federal government loans um, as well as by private loaning systems. And so that would lead to people, black people living in one particular area. And so she studies that, but she also notes that, um, you know, this also had a health impacts because these areas are where people dumped 
their trash, their waste, their chemicals, and all sorts of different things, and how this then affected people, and how uh, different groups and organizations, such as the Urban League and other groups, tried to fight back against this, um, sort of uncovering this hidden history of environmental um, uh, racism and pollution um, in order to sort of create a cleaner environment um, in these sorts of areas. Yeah, and it's just it's part of that the the whole starting line theory. If everybody starts at the starting line, it's even. But you know, either you want to move white people ahead of that starting line, or closer to the finish line, or move back black people behind that starting line. Um, and then you know, and, and, and then then it just gets into like healthcare and how healthcare isn't accessible or affordable. And you know, when you talk about the the, the they're they're having to live next to places that are going to you know cause health problems and then that just that just moves you back even further from that starting line yeah i mean you know these areas i mean this is essentially a a new story about the creation of the ghetto in america um something we know a lot about right um we would deal with whether it's a riot or it's discussions on um lack of uh job opportunities or urban blight um all you know we have these these massive areas of our cities um that are very different than the world that a lot of other people live in um and these you know we use the term ghetto to describe these these areas and these these ghettos um um you know lack you know most importantly hope but a lot of other things um and you know um and so this history is a history of how this sort of American phenomenon came to be, you know, how it came to be, um, what it is today. And uh, it also highlights that it's not just a housing issue. It's an issue of health. Um, it's, it's an issue of the environment. It's all of these things built in. And so, you know, when we think about Martin Luther King and, you know, his legacy and wanting to uh, create, you know, a a better America, America where um, races um for lack of probably a better phrasing, as well, where we can not quite see beyond race, but we where race does not define um, our opportunities. Um, you know, this environmental um, and 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 uh, living conditions. Um, um, yeah, that whole aspect are, are, are behind it, and you know, King himself had fought for housing equality um, during his time period, and so you know, they fit really well together. Um, in that, when he he talked, you know, even late in life, when he um, striked with garbage workers of both races to create, um, he saw a lot of this um, social inequality at the foundation of of racial inequality. Um, and, uh, you know, housing is a big part uh, of that, uh, Do- th- that story. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is pretty incredible. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we have a day to celebrate him, and we're doing that. We do that big time in lacrosse every year. But, man, it's when you start reading about what uh, he stood for and, and what he had done, uh, it's, it's pretty ri- – it's almost ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you you look at, I mean, you know, we tend to look at him as sort of, especially with the holiday, as him as just a sort of saintly do-gooder. But it's, it's, uh, if you look back at the history, is he was somebody who was stood up to the face of quite a bit of uh, backlash and quite put risk in front of him on a constant basis and was okay in sort of in in an almost eerie way with with that with with that reality um you know it, i think it's it, it's un, 
known to a lot of people that, you know, he only had a general approval rating of 25% when he was alive. Yeah, it's funny because uh, that happens all the time. Uh, we, we, we love this person now, but if we were alive during his time, we we probably, Eric, you and I probably would have hated this dude. <laughs> I hope not, but, you know, I, if, um, but, uh, you know, if you put yourself in a historical uh, um, or sociological reality of uh, where you are and what community you come out of, I guess you could, you could place yourself like that, right? 25%, um, yeah, I mean, right? He was 25%. opposed to the Vietnam War. Um, he saw it as a part of a bigger colonial problem um, uh, of, of the way in which the United States treated um, smaller um, countries um, where where uh, people of color um, were the predominant population. Um, and he saw radical change as the means to um, um, to social change. He believed in nonviolent change, and he believed in um, change that included everyone, but it was nonetheless pretty radical um, uh, for the time, and he didn't believe on slow change. And so those sorts of things um, led, made him radical and made him revolutionary, but also, you know, made him a very problematic figure um, within the broader American society. And now everybody uses him and quotes him as if they uh, their their ideals are exactly lined up with his, and sometimes it's uh, it's crazy that be like, no, I don't think uh, I don't think you would have liked him back then. Yeah, I mean, he he's such a you know, like a lot of these uh, amazing figures, they have a lot of um, writings, um, many of which can be taken word by word, or some if you don't understand the full person can be taken out of context. Um, um, but yeah, I, I encourage people who are interested in to go through and read some of his speeches. Writing um, is 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 amazing on many different levels, but you really can get a sense of him when you you don't just take a quote, when yeah. you take a full section and read what why he was there, what he was writing, and how he sees it. it, it it's it, it's he can be very moving. Uh, he can be very prescient. He can be all those things. Um, um, and he can speak to us today in many ways. And so this celebration, um, is, is, it's about a couple of things. It's about him, his legacy, his vision, um, but it's also about the community's legacy, its vision, and it's, a, and it's a time for people who are involved in furthering his legacy um, of trying to create this better world to sort of step back, celebrate what has been done over the previous year. It's a time to look at the previous year and reflect on what 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 the future holds. And it's, and it's also a time to celebrate the individual um, award winners that will be given awards for their work within our local community as well. So, um, you know, all these things are sort of tied into the legacy of this one person, but also people who, many who, um, who see his legacy and are trying to do their best to uh, bring it forward. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right, that starts at 7 p.m., right? 7 p.m. Monday at the Viterbo Fine yep. Arts Center, main theater mm-hmm. there? All right, that's yeah. Eric Weinberg. Eric Weinberg's a history professor, if you couldn't tell, uh, at Viterbo University, and computer nerd as well. Um, Eric, hey. man, thanks a lot. Yep, thank you. Have a great night. You too. See ya. All right, we got to take a break. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Thanks again to Eric Weinberg, history professor over there at Viterbo University, as they get set next Monday to, or this Monday, this Monday, to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day 
as a community celebration. So it's not just the, the turbo thing. And they do this every year and they do a great job. Um, having, they do this great job, but this year they're having, uh, Dr. Sylvia Hood Washington on and Eric tried to, Eric, Eric was going to do a very much better job of explaining exactly what she stands for, exactly what she looks into and, and how she, you know, relates to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. celebration. Um, yeah, so should be cool. 7 PM Monday. The Turbo Fine Arts Center. There's going to be, obviously, there's going to be able. The only thing that's kind of disappointing is, of, again, virtual. That part is going to be virtual. So, but there is a Q and A with her as well. So that's interesting. So it's not like it's just a, a, a canned speech and and that's it. They're actually going to be able to talk to her and ask her questions and everything surrounding that. So, uh, we're going to go to the phones here. Caller, who is this? You talking to me? Yeah. So you got the news about the new high rise for the um, mail? Yeah, mail. I think you guys need to check into if you're pronouncing the doctor's name right. Doctor Mueller. Doctor Paul. Huh? Mueller. You sure that's correct? Pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Double check. That's all I need to tell you. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for the call. <laughs> Yeah, he was just on a uh, Lacrosse County Health Department meeting last week, Friday, a week ago. Not even a week ago. Um, another call coming in, Eric from Sparta. Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. Yes, I was asking you about your last caller. I think he's obfuscating history because he doesn't know. He does not know what he's talking about. He maybe have a liberal point of view, but he doesn't know. Doesn't know the truth. The truth is. All right. I'm just uh, anytime, Eric. You're going to mention the word liberal and go off on liberal. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm done. <laughs> got it done with that. Uh you gotta get over that word, man. Uh not everybody is liberal. Eric Weinberg is a history professor. He's gonna know exactly what he, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He works at Viterbo. I wouldn't say anything about any school being liberal, but Viterbo isn't liberal. So get over it, man. Jeez. Um Anyway, so what what was more fun about having a conversation with Eric because he's in web development and he's kinda it sounds like he'll be pretty pretty fully involved in in the turbo having a computer information science CIS I believe some something computers I, I call it CIS I think that's what it is uh, developing that major there but also getting into online gaming and having a gaming team uh, that's such a fun concept to me I, growing up with video games um, what a perfect excuse to uh, ignore your wife your girlfriend, your family, your kids, your pets, because you're on the online gaming team and you got to, you know, you know, when in, in sports in general, and nobody ever frowns upon the first one to the gym, the last one to leave, putting in the extra hours, shooting around, working on ball handling. If I'm doing basketball here, right. Uh, uh, working on quickness, getting into the weight room after hours, doing all the extra work, putting all the time in to, to hone your skill and make yourself turn your body into this prime conditioned thing so that you can advance and become one of the best at your sport. If it's basketball, become one of the best players, be leading your team to a, to victory, to a championship, right? Now just do all that, but video games. 
how does that work? How does <laughs> how does it work? Uh, honey, I gotta I'm I'm gotta go early. I'm going early to practice. Two hours early. I gotta get in some some early practice on Fortnite. I gotta I gotta work on my sniper rifle. I'm gonna do I don't know any driving games anymore. It's been a while since I played a driving game. I gotta work on <laughs> I gotta work on my Daytona five hundred track. I gotta really hone in on being able to race that track online and beat everybody from the conference. I'm I'm so far I'm ranked number one in the conference. Uh, it, I don't know what the Turbos conference is off the top of my head now. I could do I could do UWL the WEAC conference. Uh, I've beaten everyone from Oshkosh, everyone from Platteville, but now uh, there's a couple of up and comers at River Falls, so I've got to go into to practice a couple hours early and uh, and work on my video games, and then I'm probably going to stay a couple hours late. And instead of hitting the weight room, what happens? Do I hit the I, don't, I have no idea how to. What else do we do to hone our skills in video games? Uh, work on some other hand-eye coordination stuff. I don't, work on our, our quickness, our reaction time. That's what video games tend to do. They they actually do help with hand-eye coordination and stuff like that. Um, do we just the, the, maybe a carrot lunch because we gotta we gotta fix our eyes uh, from all this stuff? Um, Josh texts in. Just hang up on anyone who doesn't have the same viewpoint as you. Josh, do you listen to the show consistently? Uh, if you if you know, uh, Eric is uh, hell bent on throwing every literally everybody under the category of liberal, and if he can't talk without bringing up liberal, um, I didn't I didn't hang up on him per se because because of what he was saying, uh, but he's a, he's talking bad about my guests without even knowing anything about him except for the conversation that we had a very broad conversation about what is going to happen at the Turbo. And what Dr. Sylvia Hood Washington will speak about on Monday as part of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s celebration, his holiday. Um, so, yeah, I let him go because uh, you you can't you can't bash my guest with uh, with liberal talk, ah, liberal, and and then and then go. I don't know. It's just disrespectful, and, and it's not productive, and it's not interesting, and neither is this part of the conversation. So. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. So, and if you haven't listened before, then you, then you don't understand. And maybe I should make that explanation, but then I'd have to do that every day. You got to be inside. You just got to be part of the show, I guess. Maybe listen consistently, and you kind of understand. Other days, Eric's great. I would say ten percent of the time. <laughs> anyway, um, Scott. So Scott's comment too. Let's talk about this. I talked about this a little bit, and he, I think maybe Scott Scott might have missed. Uh, a little bit of this with, and I, it may, I could be wrong too, but the, so if you drive down second street and get in front of the lacrosse center, they, they did put up these weird speed bumps. I, I don't mind these speed bumps as, as opposed to other speed bumps in town. Like if you get behind, you know what, across from the mall and then behind what target and Coles, that kind of that back road there. I don't know if it's a back road, but that suburby road, right. With all the speed bumps and stop signs every, what, a, a couple of hundred yards. And those speed bumps are awful. And that's kind of an annoying. I don't know why those speed bumps are there. I guess are people barreling through that at 60 miles an hour? A lot of people in history, in the history of lacrosse, have accidents in that place where we put these like imposing speed bumps and sort of unnecessary stop signs on that road if you, you know, you're coming from from lacrosse to to kind of backdoor maybe the 
the Best Buy Coles area or get to Target through that back road there, that side street off the main drag. Um, but why, I don't understand, I don't know the history of why there are speed bumps, bumps there, but they're, they're so much worse than what is in front of the lacrosse center. And you can kind of, you can kind of just go regular speed. If, I mean, if you're going 30, I mean, I know the speed limit is 25 and everybody should do the speed limit, right? But if you're going 30 over those speed bumps, speed hills in front of the lacrosse center, it's not really going to affect your driving at all. And you you probably will be a little bit more conscious conscious of uh, you know pedestrians in that area and these like little mini hills that you're going to have to go over. So it makes perfect sense to have these. But part of that plan, I believe, is to create this bicycle lane, and uh, it's like a it's going to be a two lane bicycle road adjacent to the to the road. And I think that's why the lines are off because this is just the phase maybe phase one of that plan. And I haven't brought bicycle guy in for a while because it's winter. And I, should we talk about bicycle issues now? I don't know. Uh, it might help his business, but <laughs> I don't know if it's the, the most interesting thing to do uh, right now. But I think that's part of the plan: is that road will develop, and these lines that aren't off, that are off center now uh, will be straight later. Um, all right, we're gonna take one more break. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Tomorrow. Going to talk about the teacher shortage a little bit, and just how uh, everything that's that's happening and how that's affected our education system. With Peggy Wirtz Olson, she is the president of the Wisconsin Education Association Council, so it should be a pretty inter- interesting conversation. Talked about it earlier in the show a little bit, just kind of maybe some of the things we'll talk about. But if you want to check out the podcast, go to wisdomnews.com slash podcast or just, just search Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks for listening.